The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. But John chapter 10, and uh, I kind of asked that question for a reason. We have choices. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, I love, the, I, love the, I love the spring and fall, but if I had to choose between winter and summer, I think I would choose the cooler weather. Uh, but we don't have a choice about that, do we? <clears throat> Now, we can maybe can move around, have some choices to live other places, but we don't really have the choice about uh, what the weather's going to do. And uh, I want to just, for you just to think this morning, think about how many choices we do have. You made a lot of choices already since you got out of, you made a choice to get out of bed this morning. Was any of you tempted just to pull the covers up and just stay in there a little longer? Uh, when it's real cold, that's real easy to do, especially when you're nice and toasty. But uh, you chose to get up. You chose to do any number of things. You chose to come. But all of those choices are really small uh, when you think about it. When you really think about it, we don't have control over a lot of things in our life. And what I want us to talk about this morning is, is over in John chapter 10, and we're going to be down in verse 10 in just a moment. Uh, but do, do y'all know who Horace is? Horace, he he was a he was a a Roman lyric poet, and uh, y'all wouldn't think I'd know about Horace, would you? <laughs> he lived sixty five B.C. and he died in eight B.C. So he uh, he lived before Christ. He lived right up to the time of Christ, and part of his life. Christ was still living, and when you look at Paul, Paul lived his life by a statement that Horace made. Does anybody know what that statement is already? Carpe diem. You ever heard that statement, carpe diem? And and what that statement means is seize the day. Carpe diem. He said we need to seize the day. And as we think about moving into a new year, uh, that's what I wanted us to think about this morning, is seizing the day. Uh, carpe diem, or you, uh, another way maybe say live like, live like you're dying, or live like this was, was our last day. And as we think about this 2017, I hope it will be your desire, and I hope it will be my desire, to, to seize the day as we have opportunities, because we don't have a lot of control over some of the decisions or some of the things that happen in our life. We don't get to decide who our parents are. We don't get to decide where we're born. We won't get to decide what date's on our tombstone. We, we can't really decide all these things. We, we don't know when our time on earth is going to end. And, and even to think about this weekend, the cold weather, you can see on the news that several people lost their lives during this cold weather. I'm sure that, that they wasn't thinking, you know, this will be my last day. And, 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 we, go, we could go on and on with examples of folks that would say, you know what, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Therefore, let's seize the day. And, and what I want you to think about this morning, since we don't have control over every aspect of our life, I want you to think about this question. If you knew today was, was the last day you were going to live on earth, would you live any differently today? Now, I just want you to think about that. You know, you, you understood, hey, tomorrow it's all going to be over. What would you change or what would you do differently today? 
And I think when we kind of get the, the understanding of carpe diem, we understand that, that that's what Horace was saying. And, and even when you get over into Paul's life, Paul really lived his life that way. If, if this was it, would I seize the day? Would I change anything? Would I do anything any differently? And, and several times in Scripture, Jesus, he tried to prepare his disciples for his coming death. I mean, he told his disciples that, uh, hey, I'm gonna, I came to die. That's the reason I came. And, and I believe that Christ probably knew the day that he was going to be nailed on that cross. And he set out with his life, and he made the most of every opportunity that he had before him. And we don't know what kind of opportunities we're going to have before us in 2017, but we can be assured there's going to be some things that come before us. Jesus said in John 10.10, he said, I have come that they may have life. Now, there's some other things before that. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I love that scripture, if, if you not noticed that, I, I quote that scripture a lot. A lot of times when we're getting ready to leave, that's what I think about. I have come that you would have life, and it would be a more abundant life. Listen to what the message says. That's a little different translation. It says this, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. That's why Christ came. That's why he says, I want you to live an abundant life. And folks, we talked about dying when we start out. I don't want you to say, oh, this is great. We're kicking off a new year and Jake's talking about dying. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living. I'm talking about looking and seizing the moment and seizing the day of what we have ahead of us in 2017. And Jesus, as he was trying to teach his disciples, I came that you'd have life. I came that you'd have life more abundantly he began to give them some principles for living. And what I want us to do this morning, I have five principles that I want us to live, that I want us to see. Now, don't, don't roll your eyes and say it takes you an hour to get through three. Well, it's not going to take that long today. But, but there are five this morning. And principle number one is this. Jesus taught his disciples to live passionately. To live passionately. Do you live with a, with a passion because Jesus uh, said, said, you know what, you need to seize the day and, and, and you need to live passionately. And I think too many of us today live in what we might call the, the world of someday. And I, not Sunday, someday. And I'll be honest, I've lived there for years. And, and that, that, that day of someday is this. We say someday when things settle down or when I get a little older, I'll do this. You know, I want to start being more involved in the church. I want to start doing this. I want to start serving, uh, helping out with the, the ministry. And I, I want to start doing some different things. When things slow down, someday I'm going to do that. We may say someday when I'm not so busy at work, I'm going to spend more time with my kids and more time with my family. And, and you know, things are going to slow down. And, and when that happens, I'll be able to spend more time. The problem is, folks, we look back and time goes, isn't it? I mean, it's already gone. And we, we realize that we lived a life of someday, someday before me, someday when I get a new job or when I get that promotion or when I'm able to make a little more money, then, then I'll really be able to enjoy life. I mean, that's where we are so many times, aren't we? You know, if I had a little more, if I could get a little more, boy, when I get to that point then I'm going to really live. I mean, I'm really going to enjoy life. 
And we all get stuck in that someday syndrome, I think, from time to time. We just, our mind leads us there, and it kind of reminds me of some of those commercials we see about credit card companies, and, and it, uh, one of them, a father is, is sitting there, and he has a small boy in a swing, and he, he pushes his son real high in the swing, and, and it comes back a 180-pound teenager, and it knocks him down. And, and you hear the, uh, you hear the, 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 the caption at the end that says, life comes faster than we expect. That's true. That's a true statement, isn't it? Life comes faster than we expect. Man, it, when you start looking back, it's hard to believe how time has flown. Now, if you're young, you haven't experienced this yet. I don't know where old starts, but if you're older, then, then you've experienced that, hadn't you? I mean, you look back and you think, man, that was just yesterday. It was, uh, a guy come to our office the other day. I worked up in Mesquite for years, and uh, when I left Mesquite, he was a helper. He had just started. And he came by the office and, uh, Friday, and I looked at him, and, and I said, Dadgum, uh, CB, I said, it's been, how long has it been? It's been 20 years. And, and uh, he said, uh, yeah, I'm an FCC now, which is a construction coordinator. And, and I said, Dadgum, I didn't even realize you was a senior lineman yet. Well, it just takes three years to be a senior lineman, <laughs> but time flew. He said, well, I'm the same way. He said, I, when I left down there, he said, they've hired some new guys. And he said, I can't believe they're already topped out. I said, well, how long has it gone? Has it been? He said, well, I've been gone 15 years. I said, yeah, life comes fast. And, and when we get into that syndrome of we're, we're waiting on something, then, then I think we've missed the point that Jesus was teaching us and teaching his disciples. We need to live life passionately. We need to be living like there's no tomorrow. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. The Bible says that your life's like a morning fog. It's there for just a moment, and then it evaporates. That's what the Bible says. You know, if you go outside after church this morning and you you blow your breath up in the air, there's probably going to be a little fog there. Not from smell, but from the cooler air. And, and that fog is going to what? It's just going to dissipate, isn't it? And Jesus says, hey, folks, we need to realize as long as life seems looking forward, when we look backward, we realize that life is really moving. So I want to encourage you this year in 2017 to live life passionately and don't fall into that someday syndrome but say, you know what, I'm going to carpe diem, I want to seize the moment. Here's the second thing Jesus taught his disciples to love completely. That's something he taught. And, and look at what Jesus did when he knew that he only had a short time left with his disciples in John 13. And this is just kind of in general. I didn't have an exact scripture, but starting in verse 1, Jesus knew that his time had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father And Jesus, the Bible says, and having loved them who were in this world, now he showed them the full extent of his love. Now, I I may be going on a limb here a little bit, bit, but if you and I knew that we only had a short time to live, I think we would probably do something differently. I think we would probably do the same thing because in John 13, it says Jesus knew he was leaving So he wanted to show them the full extent of his love. So for us, I think as we looked at them, as we look at what Jesus said, he wants us to understand we need to love completely. And just think about this morning. We would say that things that uh, we always wanted to say. 
You know, if we, if we, if we said, well, uh, you know, tomorrow's it, I think a lot of us would say, you know, I always wanted to say this, but I've never done it. I, I've never said those things. We might be more focused on people. We might be more focused on friends. We might be more focused on family. When we understood what Jesus understood, and, and God gave us two reasons to live, and that was to love and to be loved. That's what Jesus says in the Scripture. And, and it sounds simply, but actually it's not that simple. So, so Jesus wanted His disciples to love completely. And I, I want to encourage you this year in 2017 and starting today, and men, I know that's tough for us sometimes, but, but seize the moment and, and love completely. You see, the Pharisees came to Jesus in Matthew 22, and they asked Him, what's the, what's the most important commandment? And y'all remember what He said. If you've been in church much time, then, then the Lord answered that question. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. See, when life is over, and, and when we move on, it's not going to matter how much money we had in the bank. It's not going to matter uh, how many degrees we have. It's not going to matter how many awards we were given. All of those things won't matter. What's really going to matter is, is whether or not we ever learn to love. Because if we never learn to love and we never learn to be loved, then, then we failed in life. So Jesus encourages us to love and seize the day and love as we have opportunities to love. Don't wait till somebody grows up or somebody gets old and they're on their deathbed or, or somebody's moving off to another state or another country to, to say, you know what I always wanted to say? Seize the moment. Wouldn't that be great if we'd done that? Wives, wouldn't you love that if your husband's done that? No? That's a good place for an Amen. Husbands, wouldn't you love it if your wife's done that? Thank you, Roy. We've got one, one or two, one or two, yeah. You know why you didn't say amen? Because you know they'd pass out. You know, either way, you'd just pass, they'd just pass out, you know. What was that story that uh, a guy come in and he, he decided to do that? And, and he, he just come in to love his wife that day, and he, he come in and started cleaning the house and, and saying, I love you, and you look beautiful today, and oh, that's a lovely dress you're wearing today, and oh, your hair looks really nice, and, and uh, she just starts bawling. He goes, what's wrong? And she said, well, first off, my alarm didn't go off, and I overslept, and the kids were late to school, then they came home, and they're sick, and they've been fighting, and, and then on top of all that, you come home drunk. You know, I mean... <laughs> That, that, that's that's kind of how we'd feel sometimes. But, but we need to seize the moment because listen to what Jesus says. Love never fails. So he wants us to understand, seize the moment and love like we've never loved. Here's the third principle. Jesus taught his disciples to practice humility. And not only did he teach on that, he lived that. He practiced living a humble life. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but he come to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. You know, real disciples, we're supposed to look like Christ. Followers of Christ, we're supposed to look like Christ. And, and Christ said, you know what? I didn't come to be served. I came to, I came to serve. I, I came to be the one doing the work. And, and many of the things that we know are best get, get cast aside because we think there's always time to do them later. You know, we say, well, I know I ought to be doing this and I ought to be doing that, but, 
but I'll do those later. I have things more important. And Jesus says those are the important things. Those are the things that we, that we need to, to, to pay attention to. And God gave us the tools to do those things. The first tool He gave us is His Word. And, and something about His Word probably is true for most of us here today. Two things we know about His Word. The first thing we know about it is it really will radically change our lives. The second thing we know about it is we don't read it enough. And some of us don't read it at all. So when we think about what Christ is saying, and He's given us the tools to practice humility, He's given us the tools to love, He's given us the tools that we need to seize the moment, then we need to take time, and we need to spend more time with Him, and reading His Word, and and understanding who He is. You know, you become like the people you hang out with, don't you? You you really do, and we tell our kids that. We, We tell our kids, hey... You know, you hang out with this person, I don't want you with this person because of this or because of that, or this person has this reputation. And and we tell our kids that, why don't we practice the same thing ourselves? Because who we hang out with is who we begin to act like. And if we'll spend some time with Christ, we'll spend some time hanging out with other Christians, we'll spend some time reading His Word and studying His Word, we're going to look more like Him as we move forward and, and practice in humility, the second tool that God gives us to build our, our character is our problems. Now, I'd much rather be corrected by God's Word than by problems, wouldn't you? But our problems develop our character. And, and the truth is, God uses both of those things as part of our life. So as we come into 2017 and we start to move forward, we're going we're gonna to have some areas of our life that are, that are troublesome. We're going to have some areas of our life that we need to go to God's Word. And, and all of those things, we're, we're learning humility. We're, we're learning to practice humility, and that's what God wanted to teach His disciples. Here's the fourth thing. Jesus taught His disciples to, to live a life of boldness. Now, a lot of these things we're talking about takes a boldness, doesn't it? I mean, it takes a boldness to tell somebody, you know what, I, I love you and I appreciate what you do. That, that kind of takes a boldness, especially for men, because it kind of leaves you vulnerable, doesn't it? It kind of leaves you out there in front of everybody, and, and we're not real sure how they're going to respond, and we're not real sure what they're going to think about us or what, how they're going to receive that, but... but Christ teaches that, His disciples, to, to live a life of boldness. Now, you may be wondering what I mean, and look what it says. You don't have to look there, but in Luke chapter nine fifty one, it says, As the time approached for Him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem he, with resolve, with, with, a, with a boldness, a firm resolve, or, or a determination, or a, a purpose. So as Jesus is teaching his disciples, he's telling them, I want you to live a life of purpose. I want you to be resolved. I, I want you to, to, to move forward. Listen to Matthew 16, 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed. And on the third day, he would be raised to life. So Jesus knew what was happening. He knew what lay ahead for him, but he lived a life of resolve. He lived a life of boldness, saying, you know what? I'm not going to waste time. I'm not going to waste energy, but I'm going to move on, and I'm going to live a life of boldness. You know, our DNA doesn't have anything in us that, that lets us understand that we're 
permanent on this earth. It's just not in us. We just don't have that, that thought. And, and when we begin to think about those things, we begin to look around at others, I think. And I want to ask you, do you ever try to live your life to please everyone? Some people do that, don't they? I do that. I used to do it a lot more than I do that. You may think, well, that's crazy. Denise may have rolled her eyes. She's looking at the ground. I couldn't tell. But, but you know, sometimes we, we just live our lives trying to please everybody, don't we? And, and the, the truth is, if you do that, you're going to discover that Jesus couldn't even do that. Jesus couldn't please everyone, could he? I mean, think about his life. He always had somebody upset with him. He couldn't live a life that pleased everyone, so the only person we have to worry about pleasing is who? Not yourself. That's what the world says, isn't it? Isn't that kind of the first thought that comes to your mind? Who who have I got to worry about pleasing? I need to please myself. I don't want you to leave here this morning saying, boy, I like that message Jake said that I don't need to worry about anything. I need to please myself. That's what the Bible, that's not what I'm saying. There's one person that we need to worry about pleasing, and that's God. And, and, and he wanted his disciples to understand that, that we're to live a life of resolve. We're to, we're to live a life of boldness. We're to, we're to move forward with our purpose being to please God, not, not to please men. So I know there's some things we have to do. We have to get along. We have to, uh, we have to uh, understand folks. We have to use folks and work with folks. And, and we have to be together with folks. But our purpose in all of those things is not for our benefit. It's not for their benefit, but it's for God's benefit. If we're born-again Christians, wherever we are, whatever we do, we're to do it as we're doing it for God. So when we think about those things... Don't try to live a life pleasing everybody, but try to live a life that's pleasing to God. In 2017, make that resolve. Make that commitment that, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set out this year to, to please God in what I do and in my actions and, and all the things that God has for me. So here's the question. Who are you living for today? I, I just want, I'm asking myself the same question. I'll be honest, this, this message is for me as much as anybody. I want you to just think about that. Who are you living for and who are you trying to impress? I want you just to think about that a moment. I mean, if you look around at all the people you're involved with, who are you really trying to please today? And, and with that, I, I want us to look at a new year and I want us to seize the moment of our service to the Lord. I want us not to worry about what others are thinking or about what others may be saying, but, but really be concentrating on what does our Heavenly Father think and what is He seeing us and, and what is He leading us to do because after all, it's His opinion that really matters. Because all of these other things the Bible says are going to fall away and they're going to fade away and they're going to burn up and they're going to dry up and they're going to die and they're going to rust and the moths are going to eat it up. But what we do for the Lord, listen to this, it's going to endure for eternity. Isn't that great? And we have an opportunity to, to seize the moment. I talked last week about a freshness, a newness, and, and I love that. I love January when we get to start over and we get a clean slate. And as we get a clean slate, I want to ask you, would you seize the day? Listen to this song. It's by Jason Gray, and I started to get Jeremy to play it, but I just want to read a couple of lines out of it. And I don't know that it's really even a, a Christian song. I think they play it on some Christian radio stations, but uh, I think this is really talking about his girlfriend or his wife. 
I don't know. Y'all can correct me after the sermon if it's not right. But the title of it is Good to Be Alive. You know that song? Good to be Is that a Christian song? No? Okay. Is Jason Gray a Christian artist? Yes. Okay. Here's what it says right here, right now. While the sun is shining, I want to live like there's no tomorrow. I want to love like I'm on borrowed time. And it's so good to be alive. Isn't that a good, just a good chorus? I want to, right here, right now, while the sun is shining, I want to live like there's no tomorrow. Love like I'm on borrowed time. And it's good to be alive. I won't take you for granted. I won't waste another second. All I want to give you is a life lived and to say thank you. Wouldn't that be great if if we would say, Lord, in 2017, carpe diem, I want to seize the moment right here, right now, while the sun is shining. I want to live like there's no tomorrow. Love like I'm on board time because it's good to be alive. I won't take you for granted. I won't waste another second. All I want to do is give you a life that's well lived and say thank you. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, I pray today, carpe diem, that we would seize the moment, that we would live like we're on barred time, that we would love like we're on barred time, that we would live like there is no tomorrow. Father, I pray that we won't take you for granted. We won't look around you and, and realize that, that, that today is the day. And Father, as you tell us in Scripture, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that, that we stand in your presence. Today is the day that you want to lead us and guide us and direct us. And, and Lord, I pray that we wouldn't, we wouldn't waste another second. That we'd give you a life well lived. Father, that when we stand before you, we would hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Father, I pray today through just a a bunch of foolish words that a a man had to speak, Lord, I pray that your spirit would ordain them, that they would fall on fertile grounds, on softened hearts. Father, we wouldn't fall into that someday syndrome, but Father, we would seize the moment. The coming year, we would seize each moment. Not waiting on something from the past, but but looking ahead. And Father, we would be amazed at the life that you have for us. Lord, I pray this morning as we just come to a time of invitation, Lord, I pray that if there would be any here who's never accepted you as their personal Savior, I pray today they would seize the moment. Not waiting till things change or things get better or there's more people or less people or uh, my family's here, my family's not here, but, but right now... We would seize a moment. Father, I pray that you'd revive us as a church, revive us again in your service. And Father, as we go from this place and we go into the work field tomorrow and it's the same old ho-hum drum day that, that Lord, we would say, I'm going to seize a moment today. Father, as we gather with our family, our kids, our friends, Lord, that that we would take an opportunity to, to be someone who shows hope and and has joy within their lives, Lord. I I pray it's not a false joy and a false hope, but, Father, it's in you that we find peace, that we find joy. Lord, I I pray as a church this year that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would open doors for us, and as you open our minds and open doors, that we would seize the moment, that we would seize the day, that we would live like there's no tomorrow. 
And Father, in that, I pray we'd find joy. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Avengers, or if you don't remember being involved in one of those events, you've missed out on something this year. And, and that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about being involved and serving the Lord. In 20, next year, when we play this video, make sure that you've been a part of one of these ministries. And I believe if you do, God will bless you for that. Uh, this morning, as we close, uh, I don't know if any of you make New Year's resolutions or not. I don't, because uh, I just break them. But if you do, I want to ask you to make one. Even if you don't make them, if I want to ask you to make one that you'll keep this year to say, you know what, I'm resolved this year to be involved in some ministry at East Delta Baptist Church, whatever it may be. Gwendolyn's got the clothing thing. That's one of the easiest things you can be involved in. It's a blessing. It's fun to be a part of. The IF conference is coming up. That's in February. There's so many things that we have in, uh, in store. Would you make a commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to be involved in a ministry this year at East Delta. Let's stand together. Father, I thank you for this day. I, I thank you for this past year. And Father, even in the, the sorrows and the tragedies and the the things that, that that many families experienced last year and the loss of loved ones and uh, different just financial situations, so many things, Lord. I, I thank you that we can look back uh, in the year in review and we can find many blessings and we can find many things that cause us to smile. And Father, I pray that we as your body would be involved this year in the ministry of this church, whether it be getting with Jeremy and saying, hey, I'd like to make announcements one Sunday. I'd like to be a part of, of helping that, working the soundboard. Our, hey, I want, to be, I want to be part of the IF conference or the, the Harvest Festival or Vacation Bible School or I, I want to be a part of, of the clothing ministries. What, there's so many things. I, I want to start a new ministry and I, I see this need in our community and I want to be a part of, of creating an outreach. Lord, I can't come up with the ideas, but Lord, I know that you saved us and you've given us a purpose and you've given us a gift and you'll place a ministry within our heart. If it's something new we need to do, I pray, Lord, that we'd respond to that. If it's something that's already going on and, and you just want us to join and be a part of it, I pray that we'd be willing to make a commitment to you in 2017 to serve you in some capacity in East Delta Baptist Church, not for our glory, not for the pastor's glory, but, Father, for the glory of God. And, Lord, that we would see great things come from this place as we are your body to this community and even beyond. Lord, I thank you for each one that's here. I pray that you'd bless each one as we go from this place, and I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.